difficulties, not on our end with uh, Block Talk Radio, but we that's neither here nor there. We are here right now. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. And as always, on a fine Thursday at 8 p.m., I'm joined by my esteemed fellow Jersey guy, Jeff the Joker. And we make up the uh, FSB Crew Show. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, 347-637-3220, the place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. Got a great show in store for you today, tonight, whatever. We got a storied rivalry, a storied rivalry for those who are over 40. I wouldn't even say over 30. I will say over 40 know about the days, maybe even have to go over 50 years of age to know about the history of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos back to the AFL, American Football League, the rogue league at the time um, with a, a handful of owners who got their own teams together in their respective cities, and one of, up, two of them being the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar Hunt and uh, um, the um, Denver Broncos, and and they have a long heated rivalry. Same, in, they're in the same division, and they're playing tonight. And there's a lot of storylines in here, and hopefully we can touch them all. But but before we do that, I'll say we do have a chat room. I told you about the telephone number. I'll tell you about the chat room sitting out there. If you want to jump on the chat room, ask a question, make a statement or a comment, you can do that also. Remember what you put in is what you get out of it. Um, besides that, let me take a quick seat back and introduce my esteemed co-host, like I say, Jeff the Joker. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, man? Hey, Jerry. What's going on? Oh, man. A lot's going on. It's fantasy time, man. You know, you and I are are um, um, hooked up in in a couple of leagues, and uh, quite naturally, we we also have our own respective leagues that we're both not in. And uh, um, it's that time of year, my favorite time of the year, watching uh, football and playing fantasy. What better could it be? And before I go any further, people. We have an FSP crew. It doesn't make up two people. It makes up three. And let's introduce my third leg, and, and not last but least 
not last, excuse me, last but not least, my esteemed co-host from the DMV area, Mr. Mike Wright. What's up, Mike? What's going on, fellas? Hey, Black. Uh, nice to have you on the show tonight. Yeah, I, I'm suffering first week fantasy blues. <laughs> Lost in both of my league, so this, this has to be the bounce back week. I, I, well, I'm sorry, Jerry, but I, I have to take off my transgressions on you this week, my friend. Well, I was just about to say that. You know, I, I'm like the uh, – um, I'm not the, like the New York Giants. I'm not like the uh, um, Philadelphia Eagles that come up short. I'm like the Denver Broncos, even though um, we don't play our best game. We still come on out on top. So the Django's, I'm gonna treat you just like the Django was treated. I'm sorry, Black, but I gotta do it. Uptown's gonna be downtown by the time the end of this weekend. Well, you, you can do which way you want to be. You can either get down or lay down. Real choice. <laughs> People, that's one of the best things about about the fantasy football. We get to talk a lot of trash. It's all in fun and. Uh, if you didn't know by now, Uptown, Uptown Django's who uh, um, and, and um, Beast Mode are matching up. This is for me, bro. I'm, I'm in shock mode. I don't believe I've ever started every league that I've been in with a lot. This, this is the first for me, so I'm very sick right now. Well, hey. Well, all I can tell you is this, Mike. There's only one place you can go is up. Hopefully, <laughs> you, I, you don't want to. You I don't want to start like this a, I feel like a. Uh, I feel like a disgruntled Iranian. Oh Holding boy! Up the side saying, saying death to Calvin Johnson. Oh boy! Yeah. There, there were some quite a few fantasy duds um, from from so-called studs uh, this week, and uh, hopefully it gets turned around. Calvin Johnson being one of them. Uh, Greg Olson, right off the top of my head, being another one. Adrian Peterson, which a lot of people drafted him number one. Uh, and in my rankings, I had him number seven. Uh, I didn't like him at all. Uh, he had, I was waiting to see on him. Um, and there was, other, there was others that uh, didn't perform like um, they uh, should have. Jeff, can you bring any of them to, into mind other than the oh, ones man. I just named off? Oh, just bring, up, bring, okay. on, bring it on. For fantasy, you got studs, duds. And then you got Huds. Those are the guys who really kill you. Now, I hate to single them out, but I'll tell you, I mean, everybody says AP, but I think, uh, you know, there's a reason Norv Turner has been a coach in the NFL so long. Uh, uh, He's not a dummy. And uh, they're going to put the ball in his hand more and quit running so much shotgun. You know, uh, that's silly. Your best play is your running back. Don't spend so much time in the shotgun. Um, Believe me, Norv isn't stubborn. He, he's gonna he's gonna put the ball in the hands of that best player. Um, Greg Olson, right? Yep. Uh, going into the season, top five tight end. The wide yep. receivers not looking so hot in Carolina, and yep. uh, on a day where it seemed every tight end busted out, a lot yep. of which weren't even starting fantasy guys. 
you know, right. the Tyler Eferts and guys like that, Safarian Jenkins and so on right. and so forth. Um, yep. And and I think Olsen puts up about one point. But yep. he got laundry bagged. He got a touchdown call back on uh, his own interference, which, believe me, I've seen tight ends and wide receivers push off more than that and not get flagged. Yep. But yep. sometimes you got to know where the ref is, you know? That's true. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, you have any uh, in, that you want to bring up that uh, disappointed you uh, or sh- shined for you um, this past weekend? Uh, let me see. Out of two lineups, uh, uh, the only guy that did good for me was uh, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey and Tony Romo. Everybody else was non-existent. Uh, then you really, you must have really got hammered if that's the case. Um um, nothing. I don't know how many leagues you're in, but uh, if you're telling me that you got hammered like that, well, I feel for you, my brother. I really do. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I paired I paired my uh, leagues down to um, a handful and one, which is six leagues, and um, I think it was four and two. So, um, and uh, which is not bad, but. Uh, the, the two leagues I really want to win happens to be the ones that uh, I lost in, which is, happens to be the ones Victor is running. Um, and and uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, it's not looking too good this week either. And 0 and 2 is not is 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 just is worse than 0 and 1, quite naturally. And then 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 the the uh, I wouldn't say panic sets in. Then the when 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 am I going to win my next game or am I ever going to win a game uh, um, syndrome starts sinking in and, and you, you question your lineup, you question the players that, that you have. How how did I draft? How can I make my roster that much better? Um, you start questioning everything about your your, um, your whole squad and uh, Believe me, I was doing that. I, I was acting irrational. I think I sent out like a hundred <laughs> trades to get rich out the job. Two and a half. I want to put my trust in Stafford. He has to find a healthy six foot five pound job one of these weeks. So I, I, I'm confident on that. But I, man, I was heated. I definitely was heated. Well, this, this is this is this is the usually the rule I follow. I follow this and. and uh, I don't really rush to the waiver wire unless I, there's somebody I really want. So I, I let people jump in the waiver wire and grab who they want for the most part. I mean, that may be a bad strategy, but that's, that's how I feel because I feel like this. Whether I win or whether I lose, I take a couple of days as a cooling off period whether and, and gather my thoughts. And then uh, when I gather my thoughts, then I start to make my moves if I need to. Um, um, and then – whether I won and I'm feeling real good about myself or full of myself, or when I lose and start second guessing and panicking and doing some impulsive stuff, that's why I have a cooling off period a day or two when I feel I, I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm rational enough one way or the other to, to make the moves I need to make to improve my team. Cause quite naturally, whether you win or lose, you're always trying to improve your team. Um, and whether it's true through the trade, whether it's jumping on the wire and seeing who's out there, um, that's that's just how I do it. But everybody has their own philosophy. Um, 
and it, whatever works for them is what they do. It is what it is. All right. Like I said, we have a storied rivalry here. The Broncos versus the Chiefs, they go back to the AFL. Um, the Chiefs, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the last 14 games that the Chiefs and the Broncos have played, I think the Broncos have, have a 12-2 and record, if I'm not mistaken about that. Um, and and uh, I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think um, um, Peyton Manning has lost to the Chiefs. Um, I can't recall if he has or not, but I know he's got a very good record against the Chiefs, and everybody's talking about Peyton Manning. Okay, um, I watched that game, and uh, I watched you know I watched as much many games as I can possibly watch, uh, and I watched that game, and I, what I must say, and, and I don't know if you guys caught any highlights or lowlights, I should say, of that Baltimore-Denver game, which is pretty much a defensive score where Denver didn't score one offensive touchdown. Peyton, quite naturally, they didn't score one offensive touchdown. Peyton didn't throw any touchdowns and threw a lot of ducks at people's feet or over their head. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on, on this game and, and how you see um, Peyton Manning, which is really the, the story going in here, whether he's lost his fastball. Is this a typical thing? Just like what happened to Tom Brady in the first few games that they were, the Patriots were playing and they were saying Brady was washed up. Is this the same scenario we're, we're watching play out here, um, even though it's just the first game? And uh, uh, everybody like everybody in God's creation is expecting Kansas City to win it, especially against the uh, performance they had against Houston last week. Give me your thoughts. I know that's a lot to digest. I mean, a lot to regurgitate out to me. I'm going to go to uh, Mike first, and then we'll go to Jeff. I, I wouldn't call him dead after the first game. I'm going to hold off on that, that Kill Peyton man. And talk. I, I think the arm um, – remember, I had this guy last year, and I remember when that arm died. That, that arm died a little bit after November. So we're going to give it up to November. Right now it's good. I mean, I know he has reports out there that he doesn't have feeling in three of his fingers, so maybe that has something to do with him being off. I saw a couple of overthrows, which was uh, not typical of Peyton, but I think he'll be all right. That, that drop-off will come in November, though. But I think he'll be all right. But I'm not really even concerned with Peyton for this game. I didn't see the Chiefs for the week one, but I am I got it on the TV here now at work. I'm anxious to see my man Eric Bird who's back. Kansas City. Good. That's a good story. Yes. What about you, there, Jeff? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, going into the season, uh, I, I wasn't even uh, drafting uh, Peyton Manning in my mocks because he was rated very high, and to me, you know, to take a quarterback, you know, second or third round, which was where he was still going in a lot of mocks, you know, I want a guy who. I don't even have to think about every week. You know, just boom, you start him every week. He kicks butt almost every week. You don't have to get a backup to late in the draft. And, yeah, I, I saw Peyton Manning at the end of last year, and that that was painful. You could say, well, he recovered from the injury. But, you know, at this point, you know, he's got the neck and he's got all this other stuff. Uh, 
you know, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer, but nobody ever wins the battle with Father Time. And I just couldn't bring myself to use an early pick uh, on Manning. I mean, if he was sticking around, it, it wouldn't happen in the sixth or seventh round. I would have taken him, but not early. It's just uh, there's too many other needs you need to address, and you really got to have a lot of confidence in a quarterback to take him early. Um, also, another thing is I think it looks like Denver's trying to run the ball more with the new offense. Uh, yeah. You know, it just, uh, you, you know, it just, uh, it's not about him. It's also about where he was going in drafts. So I, I just, I couldn't go with that, you know. I, I'm conservative with my early picks because if you botch an early pick, like uh, a few years ago when he missed that entire season in Indy, but they really kept fans in the dark and he was still going early in drafts, Right. You know, you spend an early pick on a guy who doesn't play one game. That that, that kills your team. You can't have that. Right. Peyton Manning. I, I was I was mistaken. He wasn't twelve and two. He's thirteen and one against the Chiefs, including the playoffs. Last time Manning lost to the Chiefs, week eight of the two thousand and four season, when he was with the Colts. Uh, that same year, George W. Bush was reelected as president. Janet Jackson had her wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl and Facebook was launched. <laughs> wow. Manning is perfect against the Chiefs since joining their conference rival, the Broncos. He's 6-0 and with 16 touchdown passes, three interceptions, and a QBR of 83.7. So, um... All, 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 all arrows point to Peyton Manning doing well against the Chiefs. Um, the naysayers, uh, the so-called experts, are saying that the Chiefs are going to dominate because of the showing of uh, the uh, the uh, um, not the Colts, the Broncos last week, and the um, Chiefs last week. You know what? I'm not in the habit of picking games. But I'll pick this one. I like the Broncos, believe it or not, in this game. Um, and, and I think, uh, um, even though it's not been said that uh, Peyton Manning is going to be out here to try to try to prove a point, Brady-like, Brady-like, I should say, and um, say my my demise is is sadly mistaken. Uh, so we'll wait and see. I'm anxious to see, uh, like quite naturally, if Alex Smith. Can can um, uh, do the things that he did last week against this stout Denver defense with Travis Kelsey and his new toy and Jeremy Macklin and uh, uh, Jamal Charles can find some running room that Justin Forsett couldn't find last week against the Broncos. So we have some fancy relevance um, on the Kansas City side and then on the Denver side, quite nastily, Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, C.J. Anderson, who's a little nicked up and makes split carries with Ronnie Hillman. And um, their uh, uh, um, tight end in Owen Daniels. Maybe he'll get in the mix. So there's, there's some fantasy relevance in this. People who have these uh, te- these players on uh, either team are looking for some production um, and not reduction in points. Uh, in this in this matchup to start off their week in fantasy, uh, I don't have a 
Peyton Manning. I don't have C.J. Anderson. I don't have Ronnie Hillman. I don't have Owen Daniels. I don't have Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders on any of my teams. And on the other side, I don't have Travis Kelsey. I don't have Jamal Charles. I don't have uh, Alex Smith or Jeremy Macklin on either of my teams. So I'm looking for my kicker of Broncos, whether they do bad and don't get into the end zone, which is fine, because he's going to be kicking field goals, Brandon McManus, and Jeff will like that too because he has them also. And uh, kickers are people too, and they rack up points uh, very quickly when you start kicking some field goals from various various distances. So um, if the offenses don't move, um, I hope Peyton Manning puts him in a position that uh, the kicker can get some points out of there and uh, we can start the week off with some decent points from a kicker. How are you guys rosters looking out? I have a massive interest in this game because I have Jamal Charles and Travis Kelsey in one league, and I need both of these guys to go off tonight to make Papa happy. Okay, what about you there, Jeff? I know you have Brandon McManus. I forget what league you have. Yeah, I know you have him. I'll tell you, I'm a little concerned about the game tonight because uh, I heard the weather forecast, and uh, they said it might be very windy tonight. So this, okay. this could be a real defensive game, and the wind affects uh, offenses and kicking game more oh. than uh, cold or, or rain or even snow. So You're uh, right about that. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, little bit concerned, uh, you know, uh, and, and it, the problem is, you know, the, these Thursday games, if something's a tough decision, it makes it a little harder because, you know, it, it's, it's uh, you know, because, you know, so these, these Thursday night games could get, could get tricky. And I'll tell you, I don't like leagues. I've heard of leagues where, you know, obviously the Thursday night games, you got to make your decision Thursday night. But there's leagues, and I don't get this. you got to make all your decisions Thursday night. That doesn't make sense. Because only one game is Thursday night. You know, yeah. I, to me, that's foolish. I, I wouldn't want to be in a league like that. Okay, I'm looking at the NFLweather.com, and the forecast is this. Light rain starting in the evening, and uh, the wind is 10 miles an hour south-southwest. So it's not that bad a wind. Um, and let me just park up these details and see if it, it, it has any um, – what the heck happened there? Any gusts that would uh, cause it to um, be a problem in in the uh, kicking game? Um, it doesn't look like there's going to be a problem. It looks like it's just going to be um, the um, light rain with a slight chance of uh, um, some some wind. But no major, um, nothing major. So, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. So, hopefully, Brandon McManus has brought his kicking hat on, and uh, um, um, kicks ten field goals. I don't care. <laughs> ten field goals will do nice. Have a nice start. He, uh, I think he's. <laughs> I think he kicked. He kicked what four field goals last week or something like that. Uh yeah, and two of them were fifty yarders. 
Yeah, he uh, he was uh, four for four with one extra point, and that was off of uh, um, Aqib Dalib, um interception for a touchdown. So let me, let me take this round to make sure you're not hyping this chicken out and I'll leave. Let me make sure you don't have this guy in this league. No, I think uh, Jeff has him That's in our league. If I'm not mistaken, I think Jeff has oh, him in our league. I got him in I got him in the Yahoo League, uh, and I also got Matt Bryant in the ESPN League, which uh, Bryant had a nice little day uh, yes. on Sunday. So, uh, yes. you know, you're not going to win with a kicker, but it's nice to get uh, some good contributions there. Yes, yes. So, that's always good to get a kicker that's, that's in a good offense that even though even if they don't score – they're going to put him in a position to to kick a field goal. Um, that's always been my philosophy, and, and uh, I'll follow it to to the death. All right, <clears throat> let's go this route. Okay. T. Y. Hilton, game time decision. Um, Andrew Luck. And the reason why I'm bringing up the Colts is because they ran into a buzzsaw. And I had talked about it over the weekend at, on um, FSP show on 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time with Vic and I. And I also definitely ran, uh, talked about it on the Master Plan, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday. That uh, Andrew Luck was going to have issues with the uh, with the Baltimore, with the uh, Buffalo defense and um and the uh the rushing and 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 the um the, the rushing attack and the pass attack of the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, disrupted the uh offense of the um Indianapolis Colts Andrew Luck uh really really didn't get too much going uh TY Hilton got hurt in that game um, Andre Johnson was a, a non-factor. So was Frank Gore. The two acquisitions that they picked up over uh, over this past summer, hoping to uh, shore up and get them over the hump to get him into the uh, what a lot of people are thinking the Super Bowl for this team. Um, anybody who plays the AFC East, meaning the uh, Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. Uh, are going to have issues um, if you don't, if you're not a physical team, and just like the Indianapolis Colts, who are not a physical team um, and like to to push the ball down the field, um, are going to have problems. And quite naturally, Andrew Luck and company had problems and walked out of Buffalo, uh, shuffled out of Buffalo, I should say, with their head down, back to Indianapolis with a loss. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, I'm not a Jet fan, but uh, I, I keep thinking uh, Rex Ryan got a raw deal because uh, he had to run his defense last year with lousy corners, and his best receiver was uh, 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 Decker. And uh, and then, boom, after he's gone, they, they, they bring in, they bring back Revis, they bring in uh, Cromartie. He looks like he's going to be missing some time. They, they signed Brandon Marshall. Boom, they, they're starting to look like a real football team. You know, yep. he, he mm-hmm. got a raw deal. Um, and uh, uh, Buffalo, uh, I didn't see the whole game. I, I just saw the highlights. They looked pretty sharp on Sunday. Uh, yep. Uh, kind of weird, whatever. But 
Yeah, we're not going to talk about that other New York football team. Well, Jeff, uh, give me time. I, we will talk about it. <laughs> Mike, what's your thoughts? Uh, Buffalo and Indy. Oh, man. Buffalo, I saw some of that game. I, I still question the, the offseason moves of Indianapolis. I mean, I don't think – I saw a crazy stat the other day. They, they haven't had a 100-yard rusher in like 55 or 56 straight games. Then you bring in the, the old running back and Frank Gore. You bring in the old wide receiver and Andre Johnson. Why, why not show up the offensive line and go get you a runner? We, we saw the Trent Richardson thing uh, flame out. I, I'm not understanding totally what's going on over there. I don't know if they have uh, Daniel Snyder 2.0 running the Indianapolis Colts out there, but I, I'm not sure what's going on with those guys. But luck to me, in my opinion, is this just an average quarterback. Okay. Well, they got him pumped up as being – a, uh, he ran. I think he he threw last year. He threw for the most yardage and touchdowns in the league last year. So um, they're expecting him to take another step forward. Supposedly with the um, with the. Uh, I mean, you can point. throw for sixty, seventy touchdowns, but you gotta have balance. Balance is gonna get you far in the league. You just can't keep well, throwing every day. Well, th- that's the. Uh, Every team, every team, every organization, any NFL team um, has a certain culture, a certain philosophy that they that they a, a mantra that they they go they go with year after year. Um, a team, a team like the um, I'll take for example the Houston Texans. They're they're a running team. I think they ran for the most. They they rushed the most um, in the league last year. Uh, the Jets, they're they're a heavily running team, um, and Rex is going to make the uh, Buffalo Bills a heavy running team. But then you have the uh, team like the Green Bay Packers, who uh, like to throw the ball a lot. You have a team like the um, Arizona Cardinals, who like to throw the ball a lot, push the ball way down the field. You have a team like the um, New Orleans Saints. Um, that even though they're trying to get back to the philosophy of running the ball a little bit, have a little bit more balance, years passed um, before they ran to the Super Bowl and after they went to the Super Bowl, they were more of a passing team versus a running team. Uh, and regardless of the coach, regardless of the players, it seems like it, it transitions from – one set of players or quarterback or running back or coach to the next, that this is the philosophy of this team. And when teams uh, are looking for a new coach, they want new, they want a new coach that's going to fit basically into their philosophy. Now, true, Denver is trying to change that culture and put them more of into a balance and, and more of a running team. That's why they hired Kubiak, who likes to run the ball first before they pass it. Um and likes to have their quarterbacks on the move, which is not Peyton Manning's forte, and also likes to have a quarterback under center versus in shotgun, which is also not Peyton Manning's forte. So fish out of water, they have to figure something like that out um, to make Peyton more comfortable. And and, uh, it still incorporates 
Gary Kubiak's philosophy, philosophy. Otherwise, what you saw against the Baltimore Ravens, who are no slouch on the defensive side of the ball, is going to be a, a reoccurring story week after week with the Denver Broncos. Dysfunctional on the offensive side and uh, tremendous on the defensive side. So, um, you guys have any thoughts about what I just said about the Denver um, Broncos and Kubiak and Peyton Manning and, and the like? Talk to me, uh, Jeff. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you got a point. I mean, the thing is, you know, uh, uh, Peyton Manning has practically been his own offensive coordinator for a long time. And uh, in the NFL, when a team's got to adjust to a new offense, especially now with uh, uh, less training camp, less mini camp, uh, it's a big deal switching an offense. And uh, uh, the Kubiak uh, style uh, isn't the classic Peyton Manning style, but, you know, hey, they should have thought of that before bringing them in, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, I, personally, I mean, I like uh, – Kubiak, uh, I like uh, the way they run the ball. They use the zone blocking uh, in the uh, Shanahan tradition, and uh, you know that did very well in Denver years ago. And uh, that could take a lot of pressure off of Peyton uh, if they could uh, keep running the ball well. Talk to me, Mike. I, I think it's a good thing for Peyton, man. I think it's a good thing for him. I, I just want to. Give it a couple of weeks so they can work out the wrinkles, but I, I think it'll be a good thing for them in the long term. All right. We'll take a short break, a um, couple-minute break, and then we'll be back and we'll be resume talking about uh, some other players in the NFL that um, really haven't uh, – didn't do anything in the first week, and uh, I'm looking for them to um, – Show I'm going to give you a slow, a slow round of applause before the break. I see that the organization has took the step and put the SEC guys aside of this week with the round model. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I, I might actually turn and tune in to a Houston Texan game. Like, like, I said, like I said before we go to break, like I said, I thought he was a better quarterback um, unfortunately, he got hurt last week. Last, excuse me, last week, last year, um, at an inopportune time, uh, he had had very little exposure or uh, experience starting. Uh, when he was healthy, he played well for the one game. When he was unhealthy, he didn't play well with a pec, which is very painful, with a pec injury that he tried to uh, um, play through and didn't play well. He's going up against South Carolina defense that. Uh, manhandled uh, Jacksonville in Jacksonville, um, and the Houston Texans are going into a hostile environment, a home opener, if I'm not mistaken, for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, we'll see how Mr. Ryan Mallett, who I've been um, um, talking about for the longest, getting a decent shot. I think he's going to probably stay in there for a little bit versus what they saw in Brian Hoyer with that quick hook. In my, belief, belief, in my opinion, that was a quick hook. They must have saw something that they didn't like at all and that it was realized it was a bad move, and they yanked him uh, in, in the game, which I was surprised. And then he's going to start, meaning Ryan Mallett, is going to start this game. So there had to be something that 
the coaching staff, uh, including Bill O'Brien, because he doesn't make uh, hasty decisions like that unless he saw something that he really didn't like um, and uh, decided to go the, to to uh, lay the mallet down and, and uh, use uh, Ryan Mallet uh, in the next game against the Carolina Panthers. We'll be right back after a, a, a couple of breaks. Looking for fantasy sports advice? How about informative conversation? Look no further as the Master Plan features two men that can help in both areas. Jerry, the Master Taylor, and Lance, the NFL exporter Goodman, provide you with a fantasy fix live every Sunday morning on the Master Plan at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365, and listen to other informative programs as well. That's the Master Plan, Sundays, 10 a.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K and streaming at spotonradio.webs.com. Information, motivation, variety, the Master Plan. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry the Master Taylor will go over the weekend sports prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 for other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. If you want to add a little spice to your talk radio, try No Chaser with Mac Williams and Jerry Taylor every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, featured at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. Arguably, No Chaser is the most, shall we say, controversial show in the lineup. Let me give you a couple of direct quotes. If LeBron took a sh in the middle of the street in broad daylight, his Boy Scouts would say it's the greatest one ever. Here's another. Y'all dumb donkeys keep believing what Obama says. Just watch. This country is going to get worse, and I'm just going to sit back and say, I told you so. <clears throat> I can only assume this is why the show is called No Chaser. You can also visit fantasysportsandpolitics.webs.com for archives, advertising, and other information. It's No Chaser with Mac Williams and Jerry Taylor. Information, motivation, variety. All right, people, the reason I played that last is because, yes, he's coming back. Mac Williams and the No Chaser show is coming back um, in the late part of October. Um, at the same time, 7 o'clock, excuse me, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I think the first show was scheduled for October 23rd. If I'm not mistaken, that is a Friday night. Um, and I know that uh, from talking to Mac, he will have a, a, a special guest on air. I'm not exactly sure who it's going to be 
as we get closer to the uh, actual um, show show time. Uh, I'm sure uh, he will let me know, um, and um, we'll be putting that out there on who his special guest is going to be to kick off his return. That's October 23rd, and that is indeed a Friday. Um, that's almost a, uh, a almost a uh, a, a month from now, uh, a month and a week from now, I should say. So no chaser, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, comes back on October 23rd on a Friday. All right. Uh, with that being said, we were talking about the NFL, and we are talking about um, guys that disappointed or surprised. How about we talk about it? Not on the negative, how about we talk on the positive? And I'm positive, I'm talking about um, the surprise of the week, weekend, I should say. And, and, and it was surprising because it was the last game of the first week that whoever stayed up to watch it got a very big surprise, a, a huge surprise. You had had the Minnesota Vikings up against the um, uh, lowly, what was me, what are we going to do because we lost all these players, San Francisco 49ers, with all the hype and and hoopla that Minnesota was was, uh, taking that next leap, Teddy Bridgewater, AP's coming back, Uh, Charles Johnson, Mike Wallace is in the house now that they were going to, uh, Kyle Rudolph was healthy, that these guys were going to um, um, show the world that they're ready to take that next step. And conversely, the San Francisco 49ers were going to be the proverbial doormats. Uh, The defense, uh, they lost so many pieces, wasn't going to be the same. They wouldn't be able to move the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, what are they going to do? Frank Gore's not there. They're not sure about Carlos Hyde. This so-called experts, including myself, that um, things weren't going to go well for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, lo and behold, AP, 31 yards rushing, lowest total without him getting hurt, I think, that he's ever had. Carlos Hyde, 168 yards, two touchdowns, and looked like the second coming of Barry Sanders. Spin move, um, <laughs> juking, everything else. 168 yards and two touchdowns. And the the uh, um, demise of the San Francisco 49ers is not for at least one week, happening. Um, And they just blew it up in everyone's face that had those thoughts and conveyed them, whether on the air or to other 49er fans. I got lambasted by the 49er fans that I was talking about. You guys are going to stink, suck, and all kinds of uh, 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 language. They couldn't wait. To, to to throw it up in my face and and and, and rightly so, um, guys. I'll go to Jeff first, and then Mike. 
I don't know if you guys watched this whole game. I watched the whole game. Now, like I said, I watch a lot of games, uh, and I and I, I look for a lot uh, when I do watch the games. And uh, wow, that's all I can say. I was I was thoroughly stunned when I watched what they did to the Minnesota Vikings. Talk to me, Jeff. Yeah, um, I was a little uh, I was impressed, a little surprised by uh, Carlos Hyde and uh, what I was saying before. Uh, didn't quite get the Vikings game plan, but uh, uh, I really think uh, North Turner uh, is going to straighten that out. Um, and I'll tell you, I-, I can't remember the last time any pro sports team had an off season as bad as the 49ers. I really can't. But uh, I hate to quote him, but, you know, that's what Chris Berman says. You know, that's why they play the games. Talk to me. Oh, my you you were you were surprised. Yes. I, I don't I don't get that at all. I, I remember when Minnesota was this great winning team, a great juggernaut. I mean, they're the Vikings. I mean, Adrian has been out the game for a year. I didn't expect much from him. He didn't do anything. Bridgewater, yeah, he's an up and coming quarterback, but he still has stuff to learn. I, I I wasn't surprised at all. I, I was I was surprised that uh they gave the ball so much to have once he started rolling. I I knew he was gonna be a good running back, but I, I definitely wasn't surprised at the outcome of the game. Minnesota they're okay, but let's not put Minnesota on a pedestal like they're they're that great. Okay. What's your thoughts there, uh um about um who else I wanna talk about? Oh, how about Another big surprise. Now, this guy had been highly touted before, and, and he couldn't seem to, t- to stay off the trainer's table. Um, he, he, would, he finally got healthy. Uh, didn't think he was going to have the game that he had. Um, in fact, it was the tight end showing out. Let me put it that way. And the tight ends I'm talking about is not the ones you would normally think of. Travis Kelsey, uh, Austin Severius Jenkins, and... Uh, last but not least, that I can think of, maybe there's another one out there. I think Ladarius Green had a decent game, but uh, um, um, Tyler Eifert, both Tyler Eifert and Travis Kelsey have had health issues and had a hard time staying out the off the trainer's table. Highly touted, um, had a lot of potential. Was talked about having a lot of potential. Was talking about having a uh, um, um, huge upside, but couldn't get healthy. Travis Kelsey played unhealthy last year, um, and they kind of like babied him the, the, the whole year. And uh, I think near the end of the year, he he I think he had maybe one good game. Tyler Eifert, if I'm not mistaken, was out all last year with an injury, um, and he came back with a fury. Um, talk about the tight ends. Um, I, I've named a few of them. Um, uh, maybe leaving someone out, uh, Jason Witten, but he's an old guy. I mean, he, he's an old stead that wasn't surprised. But the three that I uh, named, Eifert, Kelsey, and Jenkins, Safarian Jenkins, um, I think each one of them had two touchdowns, which is like, you know, that's crazy. I think this was the highest scoring weekend for tight ends um, Ever or in, in fantasy history, if I'm not mistaken, talk to me, Jeff. Yeah, I heard 
it, it was the highest scoring, uh, and they could only go back to 1960, I think. I mean, the the, the chances of being a higher scoring before then are very slim. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, you know, it, injuries are such a part of football. It's a contact sport. And with the tight ends, I wonder, is it because, you know, they catch all these balls, you know, in the middle and get and hit from all over. Um, you know, in some leagues, you know, I started tight end as a flex once in a while because if, you know, usually you, you have one starting caliber guy going into the season, but if, uh, right. you know, your uh, number two guy steps up, uh, you know, hey, sometimes that could be a good starting option. And uh, a lot of tight end scoring is based on the matchup, the defensive scheme, um, and everybody was saying that, um, you know, the Chicago defense gives up a lot to tight ends, which which was true. Also, they were giving up a lot to everybody last year. Um, but it's a totally new defense now, totally different scheme. So I don't think that's the case. That's the problem sometimes of playing matchups. Now, the Giants, they were generous to tight ends last year, and they went into the season with a lot of problems at safety. And I swear, I have the email to prove it. I told my buddy, I said, Witten is a very good start, which he's starting on most fantasy teams. But I got a one and done where you can start whoever you want, but you can only start him once a year. And right. I said, Witten's going to be the guy Sunday night because I know the Giants too well, and he's Romo's boy. And <laughs> he sure was because not only did he get a TD, so did his backup, uh, Escobar. And uh, I think uh, – uh, Jacob Tammy is uh, the tight end for Atlanta. He'll probably get at least 50 yards and uh, at least a touchdown Sunday against the Giants. Okay, what about you there, Mike? What's your thoughts no, on the tight end? Two guys you left out. Let's, uh, let's take a trip to Arizona. Darren Fells. <laughs> Daniel Fells, yes. Where did he come from? Yep. <laughs> where did he come from? That I mean, offense never throws a tight end. Yeah, they never go to the tight ends, and they have Jermaine Gresham. So, no one would expect Darren Fells to come up big. What does he have? 82 yards in the touchdown. And let's take it on up. Let's go on up north to I-95. Finally, a guy who was healthy and actually played the whole game, Jordan Reed from the Redskins. Also had yep. a good outing. Uh, let the uh, the wide receivers and tight ends and it. So, let's see if they continue to keep that up. But I was definitely surprised with those two guys. And going into the season, they said that the tight end position was a, a one of the worst positions um, in fantasy. Uh, if you didn't grab the top two or three, that uh, it was a crapshoot on on these guys. And uh, lo and behold, you you get the performance that you get from these tight ends, and. Um, and uh, uh, for those who are smart enough to put them in their lineup, um, we're smiling. Uh, hopefully they, they help them win uh, their respective uh, um, matchups. Unfortunately, Black, I think you said you had uh, Kelsey, and it still didn't do you any good. So, yeah. um, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, uh, he, he had a hell of a I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Jamal Charles. He's already fumbled for the night. So, uh, oh it, boy! It's, it's, yeah. That 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 Denver defense is a monster. That Denver defense is a monster. The front seven and the backside of that, 
those guys work well together. And um, uh, this one of those type of matchups that if you have offense and offense going up against that defense, um, uh, offensive players, tight end, uh, wide receiver, or a um, running back, um, temper your expectations. And I know everybody hates to hear that in fantasy, um, that phrase, temper your expectations. But I have to say it because I saw it happen to Justin Forsett and the Baltimore Ravens. And history has a way of repeating themselves. Um, That's why I went with the Denver Broncos, because you can't sneeze at a 13-1 and record, um, including the playoffs. Uh, you, you can't sneeze at it. I think that he's six and zero when when he's playing with the Denver Broncos against the Chiefs. Even though the Chiefs played well last week, even though the Denver Broncos offense didn't show up last week, um, trends in the NFL have have a habit of continuing year after year after year. And um, it I don't know if it's karma. I don't know if the the um, the waves or wavelengths uh, in the air uh, go a certain way when two teams or whatever meet, but it seems like no matter what some teams do to try to break that trend, it doesn't happen. Not saying it won't happen here, but um, until the the, the uh, team that's on the downside of a record changes it, you got to go with the team that has the positive side of that record. And that's why I'm picking the Denver Broncos. And uh, right now, I think it's still 0-0, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know who's playing yeah, the it, game. It's, it's, it's looking like a good pick right now, brother. Sack fest. I think a Von Miller comes from one side or the Bucs way comes from the other. Right now, the Broncos have the Chiefs in the third and 24. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, so – and this goes back – and – I'm an AF guy, AFL guy, AFC guy. I couldn't root for a NFC team if my life depended on it. Um, I just like the way they, they, the AFC does does things. I know you guys are two NFC guys, which is fine, but I've, I've uh, been weaned on AFC, and I, I just love the whole, um, um, I don't know, if it's, if it's the Maverick side of the AFC uh, when they were went back in the day. Um, and, and I still can't get that uh, that mindset out of my mind. So that's why I'm going with the AFC, even though both these teams are AFC AFC teams. But I'm an AFC type of guy. I really get pumped up when I, when I see AFC teams play, especially rivalries like this one that dates back to AFL. Um, um, Hank Stram and 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 uh, Bump Phillips and, and company. Not Bump Phillips. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. I forget I forget the coaches back in of uh, Denver, but it is what it is. Um, let's talk about another guy. Uh, we're going to completely go off the grid here on, on about the NFL. I want to talk about this guy for the last four minutes um, because uh, it's believed he fought his last fight last weekend, the twelfth of September, when he went to get up against Adrian Broner talking about Floyd Mayweather and his 49 and oh yes I'm saying 49 and oh record that he's going to walk away tied with Rocky Marciano rather than uh try to break the record 
and be the, if he's not already, uh, the best fighter in the world, um, uh, pound for pound right now. Um, Manny Pacquiao says, if I don't get to fight him, that's okay. Um, it is what it is. He's retired or, what, or going to retire or whatever. Um, I think uh, the WBO or WBC president said, Floyd should step aside and let a new crop of uh, fighters come in. Um, it, it's that time. Um, Mike, you're a big boxing fan. I don't know, know if, if Jeff is, but you, Mike, I'm going to go to you first because you're a big boxing fan. Tell me your thoughts. I, I didn't see the fight of Floyd Mayweather with Ber- Broner. Um, um, not Broner, Berto. I'm sorry, Berto. Um, but uh, uh, give me a little re- uh, recap of that and what's your thoughts about Floyd um, flowing out into the sunset. Well, it was another another Mayweather performance. I mean, he's the only boxer that I know that actually goes into the ring and the plans inside. Hit and not get hit. I mean, Berto, bless his heart, he tried. <laughs> he tried for 12 rounds, but, I mean, he really, he really couldn't touch Mayweather. Mayweather was countering, countering, countering. The exact thing that he was great at, sticking and moving. So uh, I, I applaud Berto for his effort, but, I mean, it was another classic fight by Mayweather. He actually kissed the ring, kissed the ring floor once uh, the 12th round was over. So that probably definitely was a signal that uh, that's it for him. And um, like he said, when he came into the sport, he tried to come in the way he tried. He wants to go out the way he came in. Of all of his faculties intact, uh, brain intact, no heavy injuries, and he accomplished that. What's your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, you know, it's weird. Um, I, I used to be a boxing fan. I kind of lost interest, and uh, so did a lot of other people, and uh, uh, for for several different reasons. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if if – something the magnitude of uh uh fighter to you know like uh uh mayweather uh finishing his career if that, if that would have happened back in the 80s it would have been a huge story it's not even that big of a story uh unfortunately you know may, just a lot of people don't like him because of his uh personal issues um which are are, are actually real I, I shouldn't even call them personal issues he got personal problems um and, uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, you, a lot of people paid big bucks, casual fans, for the last fight. And uh, it wasn't like a Rocky movie where they come out and they're just wailing away the whole time. Uh, you know, he sometimes, you know, winning could be boring. Winning something in football could be a low-scoring defensive game, which some people find boring. And uh, a good defensive boxing match can be a little boring sometimes for fans. Okay. Yeah, the only, well, the only story coming out of coming out of that fight wasn't that he retired. It was the low pay per view numbers. Say it again. I said the only story coming out of that fight wasn't the retirement of Floyd, but the low pay per view numbers. Okay. Well, I think that was backlash from the last one. So, um, it it is what it is. Um, and uh, but he's not worse for the wear in in, in the po- in the pocket. So. It is what it is. All right. Um, we got a, a few seconds left. Uh, I'm going to go to, to uh, Jeff and then Mike, and then we can close the show out. Uh, any any closing thoughts or parting shots before we leave out of here? 
Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, Moses Malone passed away. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just a, a big coincidence um, that uh, maybe a few weeks ago, Daryl Dawkins, because though, to me those two were always kind of connected because they both came, went right from high school, uh, one to the ABA, the other to the NBA. Right. And uh, uh, their careers overlapped. And when uh, uh, the Sixers signed Moses Malone as a free agent, and at the time he was probably the best center or one of the best centers, best rebounder for sure, then they uh, traded Daryl Dawkins uh, up the turnpike to the Nets. So, you know, so it was almost like they were traded for. And, uh, you know, it, it got me thinking. I'm not sure what the causes of death, but, you know, uh, Remember a few years back, uh, Alonzo Mourning, he uh, ended up needing a kidney transplant. I think it might have been caused by taking a lot of anti-inflammatories. You know, maybe uh, the NBA is a little more dangerous than uh, than it looks, you know, and uh, two of the great big men uh, gone a little too soon. What about you, Mike? Well, I, I, I was real interested to see this go down, and unfortunately it didn't, but I, I still get my props to Serena Williams. What a, what a great run this year, very great run. She was trying for the grand slam. I don't even know the girl's name will beat her. I've never seen her play, but that was a huge match for that young lady. So uh, sorry for the grand slam to Serena. But people, if you are in the DMV this weekend, actually if you're in the DMV tomorrow, Make your get all your family, your friends, come on down to RK Stadium. The battle of the real HU takes place tomorrow. Hampton University takes on Howard University's RK Stadium. If you get there at four or five o'clock, I believe there's a free performance by an artist named Chain, and also an artist named Two Chain. So make sure you get there. They have a free performance from four to seven p.m., followed by the game at eight o'clock. Okay. With that being said, uh, thank you guys for uh, joining me tonight. Enjoy tonight's game. Good luck to you two guys in your fantasy matchups uh, for this weekend. And, oh, yeah, I uh, forgot to get my, my party shot. Beast mode, you're going down, buddy. <laughs> okay. That, I, I like to hear that. Um uh, I, I just don't want you to hear about you jumping off some bridge when um, you get manhandled. But that, that's neither here nor there. Um, like I said, uh, good luck to all those who are playing fantasy. Uh, whether you won last week or didn't win last week, hopefully you can uh, bring a win in home for, you, for, you, uh, for your team, uh, unless you're playing against me. Uh, and I'm not just tingling anybody out. Um um, and and uh, tune in next week, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, where we'll be we'll be back here again talking about the past week in sports and uh, including fantasy. Um, it's been a pleasure, and uh, um, we'll see you next week. And uh, see ya. Yeah, it's Mr. Anka. Fantasy sports and politics crew, check. Fantasy sports and politics, ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place.
can even call up, state your own case Football, b-ball, soccer too Log on, ain't nobody stopping you It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew Yeah, come on Fantasy, sports, and politics crew Yeah Fantasy, sports, and politics crew Fantasy, sports, and politics crew Yeah 